0: Hey, thanks for checking out this week's message. We hope you're blessed by the Word of God. For more information on River of Life, you can check out our website, rolmt.com, or download our app. Just search R-O-L-M-T in your app store. Thanks. Well, I am so glad that you came out to church tonight, and I'm excited about Uh, The word that God has given me to preach this weekend, uh, I am just, I believe with all my heart that there are good things coming. Amen? How many of you need to hear about some good things coming? Well, I'm just telling you right now that the God that we serve is so good and he's so ready. But a lot of times for us, what we need to realize is that it's not him that's withholding things. It's us not looking at things in the right perspective. And so as we walk through this series, if you were with us last weekend, we talked about, uh, I gave the example of, of just going through the clouds to get to a higher place. And all of us have seasons where we're in the clouds where it feels like we can't see, where it feels like things are are not working the way that we think that they should, but it's in those moments that we need to let our faith rise up and we need to trust him more. And I will say this, one of the most important things you can do in your faith journey is to have some people around you that when you feel weak, they can come alongside you. Sometimes I think we get to a place where we feel like, well, I'm strong enough, but you may be strong enough today, but tomorrow you may not be. Tomorrow you may be faced with something that seems overwhelming and crushing. And I want you to know that's why it's so important that you find an involvement, whether it's in our River Life groups or whether it's in in the men's group that's happening on Thursday mornings or in in serving and and making relationships with other uh, people here at the church. All of those things are super key so that when those hard times come, you have people in your life that can speak truth to you with love and help you to, to get through them. So I would encourage you with that. Today, we're going to look at a, a story that we find in 2 Kings chapter 6, and it says this. Um, when, the, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel he would confer with the officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place for the Arameans." Ar- and just for some of you, you may have a different translation. You may be looking at it and it says Syrians in there. And what I want you to understand is Aramines is, is what the Hebrews would call them. But to you and I, we know them as Syrians. So it's not a misprint in your Bible. That's the same group of people. And they are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elisha warned the king so he would be on the alert there. The king of Aram became very upset over this and he called his officers together and demanded, Which of you is a traitor? Who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? It's not us, my lord the king. One of the officers replied, Elisha the prophet in Israel tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. Go and find out where he is, the king commanded, so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back that Elisha is in Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. When the servant Of the man of God got up early the next morning. He went outside. There were troops and horses and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha told him, for there are more on our side than on theirs. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that on the hillsides around Elisha, uh, around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. And the Aramon uh, army advanced toward him. Elisha prayed, O oh Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness, and Eli- as Elisha had asked. Let's take a moment and pray. God, right now, we just thank you for your word. And God, I just know that there are those of us in this room who are in the middle of it and we could use uh, a reminder of how we are to see things. God, I pray that you would let your word penetrate our hearts today. That Father God, the things that we're, maybe even find ourselves stuck, I pray that tonight would be a loosening that God, we would be able to loosen ourselves from, from the way that we've been seeing things to be able to see them the way that you want us to. And God, I do lift up those who are watching today in Wyoming, and we're so grateful for what you're doing there as they're just having so many people show up because they're so hungry for the gospel. And Lord, for those who are watching Malawi and, and on the North Slope, and God, those who are watching in jail, we're so grateful, God, because you've allowed us to just be who you've called us to be and to reach into places that other people aren't reaching. So Father, we just praise you for that. Speak through me today, God. I pray that I'll get out of the way and that you'll be front and center in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I like this story. We have a nation that's warring against God's children. um, And inside of that, we see that there's this king that is probably a great strategist. He probably knows what he's doing, and every turn, he's getting derailed, um, so, much of, so much so that he assumes that somebody from within his inner circle is sharing what's going on with the children of Israel. And so I want us to start there for a minute, because Elisha would hear God's, what God had to say about an upcoming battle, and then he would go to the king of Israel, and he would say, hey, listen, this is what God said. And so you need to make adjustments according to what God has said. And the king would do so. And because of that, there were many battles that didn't even happen because the king was faithful to what Elisha said that God had told him. And so this isn't my main point this evening, but I do wanna take a moment and I want us to look at this because I believe that many of us find ourselves in battles that we were never intended to be in because God speaks to us And we choose to still do things our own way. Much of the battle and bloodshed in your life is as a result of your disobedience. This book is clear on many things. This is his word. It, It is all, this is his word, right? So, He speaks to us through his word and we are to listen to what he says. Many of us take parts of God's word and we apply them, but we ignore the parts that we don't like. In Mark chapter seven, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees who thought that they had it all figured out. And he says this in verse 20, and then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. For from within, out of a person's heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you. So God speaks in that, in that about lots of things, but including things that some of them you go, oh yeah, I don't have a problem with that. But some of them you probably do have a problem with. Some of you struggle with lust. Some of you struggle with greed. Some of you have pride issues or you're envious of other people. Romans chapter 13, verse 12. The night is almost gone. The day of salvation will soon be here. So remove your dark deeds like dirty clothes and put on your shiny armor of right living. I could have wore my suit today. Because we belong to the day. We must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity or immoral living or in quarreling or jealousy. Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Here Paul tells us things like don't be immoral, don't be be drunk Ephesians chapter five, verse 18, don't be drunk with wine because it will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So God has spoken, yet chances are we are shying away from some of the lists that I just read and we're justifying it in our own lives. This generation, the generation before this generation was raised to do what makes you feel good. So we, we would live our lives in a way that, that we, would, we would, hey, if it makes me feel good, that's what I'm gonna do. And now we've even, we've even gone further to live your own truth. Like we've taken it a step further away from God's word to say whatever's true to you, live that instead. Yep. And as we look at God's word, what I want you to understand, and this again isn't even my main point of this, but as I was reading this story this week, I couldn't help but think about this because even as you sit here today, and know that you've participated in some of the things that I've just listed, in your mind, it doesn't apply to you. We justify it. Why? Because you're you're smarter than God? Because you're stronger than most men and women who came before you? No, the honest answer is, you don't care. You want what you want, even if it goes against what God's word says. Oh, I had some coffee today, folks. (laughs) Well, Jason, when I look at porn, it doesn't hurt anyone. False. Not only does it destroy part of your soul, but you're participating in a billion-dollar industry that is wrought with young women and men who are being traded against their will and whose lives are being destroyed. Well, me drinking too much occasionally is my business. False. You are teaching those in your life that you need an external substance to find peace and happiness and that you cannot find it in Jesus. You are also teaching disobedience and what you sow, so shall you reap. When your children get old enough and they begin to see that mom or dad or both can be disobedient in this area, you are teaching them that disobedience is okay. And so when all of a sudden you're wanting something from them and they're disobeying, what you need to understand is the word gave you instructions how not to have that happen in your life, but you chose not to listen. So now you got a battle you were never intended to fight. Well, here's one. I found my soulmate and he is a good guy. He's open to the possibility of believing in God and so it'll be fine. False. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? See, we've got to learn to listen and apply God's word, and you will avoid many battles that you were never intended to fight. I, I look at this story, and Elisha, God would speak to him, and, and Elisha would take exactly what God said. He'd bring it to the king, and he'd say, this is what God said. And then the king had a choice. He could go, okay, that sounds good, but I already had a strategy in my mind, so I'm going to move forward with my strategy, but I appreciate the input. No, the king listened because he knew Elisha was a man of God. He knew that God would speak through Elisha and to him. And so if he would listen, then all of a sudden he would not be in the place where he would be beaten in battle. But For many of us, we find ourselves, we know his word, we hear his word, we spend time even reading God's word, or maybe you don't, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's the choke point, because maybe you don't spend time in his word, and so you're, it'd be like the king saying, no, I don't have time for Elisha today. I'm in the middle of going to battle, so I don't really have time to talk to Elisha today. But the the king always made time because he knew that when Elisha spoke, it it was God speaking through him. And for many of us, what you need to understand is that God speaks through his word and we have to listen and apply it. And if we do that, I'm not saying, no, you'll never have a battle. Battles will still come your way, but A, you'll be way more equipped to win them when they come and B, you will miss some of the battles because God will help you to avoid them. God would tell Israel, the enemy is going to attack in this location, so don't go there. And so they would listen and they would avoid that problem. God is saying to you, don't go there. There are things in his word where he is specifically telling you, avoid this. Avoid this problem. Avoid this heartache. Avoid this thing that will bring destruction to you. Avoid this thing that will bring problems to your children. Avoid these things. And when you listen, you miss out on a battle that you didn't ever have to fight. You weren't supposed to fight it. Don't blame God for how hard the battle is when he has given you the instructions to set you up to win, but you have chosen not to obey. How many of you still love the bald guy? So this story continues from there and the king finds out where Elisha is and so he sends a garrison of of soldiers to go in to capture him and uh, Elisha and his servant, they wake up in the morning, they they come out and they look and, and here is soldiers all around and the servant does what any of us would do. This doesn't look good. This is not a good situation. Elisha, I don't know, what are we gonna do? There's no chance, there's no way. And I love this story because Elisha is unafraid because he lives his life from a different perspective. So Elisha prays, but I love what he prays because he prays, open his eyes and let him see. So I was thinking about this story this week and as I reread it, I was like, we gotta grab something from this. Because what he doesn't pray is he doesn't pray, hey God, send him down a pair of those glasses so he can see better, right? He doesn't pray, give him new eyes so he can see. The servant already had everything he needed to be able to see. God, Elisha just said, open his eyes. Open what he already has, open it up so that he can see the way you see. The way I see. It's a perspective change. And all of a sudden now, this thing that looked like it was bad, now it looks pretty good. Because not only is there more of them, Elisha said there's more of them, uh, there's more of us than there are of them. And the servant's got to be going, you are nuts, man. But but in this moment now, all of a sudden, his eyes are open. So for us, as we talk about a perspective change, what I need you to understand is that, that God is already, he's already at the battle before you get there. And he already has what it takes to win the battle before you get there. Like this, this, this happens, and, and it wasn't like Elisha said, hey, hold on, God's coming. He, he's got something, it'll happen in a minute. Just wait, wait for it, Right? No, he said, open your eyes so that you can now see. And when he opened his eyes, all of a sudden he saw God's already there. The army's all ready to go. And this is a great story. If you've not read this whole story, I'd encourage you to to get in and and read the rest of it. Because Elisha just, in every one of these situations, because God had given him not only the mantle of Elijah, but he, he had doubled it, right? He'd given him even more. And so Elisha, man, when he steps into a scenario... I mean, it's, it's pretty cool because he walks in and he's like, hey, not only do you have all these guys, but would you make them blind? I think that'd be kind of cool. Let's make them blind. And so God just, God does it. Why? Because Elisha is always doing what God's asking him to do. So Elisha is the one who picked a team. He picked God's team. And he said, I'm going to be faithful to you. If you don't know Elisha's story, you should go back and, and read the whole thing because it's amazing. When he, when he decided he was going to move forward, he didn't just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go give this a try for a little while. He actually, he actually burned his plow and, and his oxen and he had a barbecue with like, his stuff. He's like, okay, I'm done. I'm not going to be here anymore because I'm all in on this faith thing. I'm all in on this serving God thing. And so because of that, when Elisha goes somewhere, he goes, I already know what team I'm on. God knows I'm on his side. So God's on my side then. So I can step into whatever the story is and I can have faith and I can say, God, I know that you are for me and I know that that you've you've already got an army that's out. Before they even came, your army was already here waiting for them. And you're way stronger and you're way better and you're more able. So I don't have to worry about anything. You already have all that you need to have a perspective change. You don't need anything new. In this story, it was pray that his eyes would be open. His eyes he already had needed to be opened so he could see. For you, and as we walk through this series, my hope and my prayer for you is that you'll come to a place where you begin to understand that the God of the universe already fights for you. He already loves you. He already has plans and dreams and desires for you. But for many of you, you're fighting battles that you were never intended to fight. You're over here fighting something that God's like, if you'd have listened to my word, you wouldn't be in that battle over there. And you could be where I need you, which is over here. And then when you're in that battle and you know it's a battle that you're still, you're still listening, you're doing your best to follow what God's word says and all those things, and then that battle comes, now all of a sudden you can go, God, this is not a battle of my making. This is a battle that, that has just come from me being a servant of yours. That, that Elisha had done everything God had said. God spoke to him, go share it with the king. He'd share it with the king. The king would avoid the battle. The other king all of a sudden says, whoa, 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 we gotta get Elisha out of there because we'll never win as long as he's there. And so so that battle that was about to happen where all all of them came and they were surrounding, that wasn't Elisha's fault. That was him being faithful. Sometimes when we're faithful and we're doing what God asks you to do, there are gonna be things that are gonna come against you. But inside of that, then your, your faith level needs to rise and you need to go, God, I'm going to, I need to see things the way you see them. I need you to, I need to understand that you are for me and you're not against me. I need to understand that you are greater than anything that could ever try and come against me, that no weapon formed against me shall prosper because that is the God that I serve. In order to go deeper in God, we must allow him to open the eyes of our hearts to see him as he truly is. So often we settle in our relationship with him for just what we can see with our physical eyes. We settle for community apart from unity in the spirit and God's word apart from the revelation of the spirit we look for open doors or closed doors to help us dictate where we're going, and that's fine to a degree, but how much better would it be for us as believers to be in tune with his spirit come on. Amen. so that as we are in tune with his spirit, he speaks to us, and we don't have to wait for a door to slam in our face. Instead, we just know. Yes, come on. It's time for us as the body of Christ to truly live in the fullness of this relationship For this reason, in Ephesians chapter one, Paul told the the church in Ephesus this. He said, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of your glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? So we need for the eyes of our hearts to be enlightened today. We need the Holy Spirit to come and to do a mighty work so that we might no longer live only by what we see, but with the faith to pursue the unseen. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So God longs for us to pursue deeper things of him. We live in a world right now where we need faith. We need to trust him. We need to be in a place where we understand that as much as we can turn on the news today and, and be blown away by what we see or we can, we, can, we can talk to people in our community and hear things about what's going on even in, in culture and be like freaked out by what's happening. Or we can be like Elisha's servant whose eyes are now opened and we can go there's more of us than there are of them. There's more of him than there ever will be of the enemy. Come on. He's able. Yeah. Hallelujah. Now that's, that's tough when, when it feels like, right? But why are, we, why are we moving through life on what we feel like? Because that's not how we're supposed to live our lives. Amen. We're supposed to live our lives based on his word and what he says. He is in control. He is more than able. He is more than a conqueror. In Psalm chapter 101, verse three, it says, I will not look with approval on anything that is vile. I hate what faithless people do. I will have no part in it. Now, why did I read that verse to you? Because I think for us as a church, if we're gonna change our perspective, we need to quit compromising to win the world. We've got to quit watering down the word because if you think you know better, if you think you know better than his word and you think that's going to bring lost people, that's very arrogant. Yeah. Come yeah. On. God has something worthwhile in store for us. Amen. He has a plan to bring heaven to earth through us. Yeah. Amen. But in order to make that happen in order for us to have that impact on eternity we must be able to see through the eyes of our heart we got to be able to say god open my eyes so that i can see things the way you see them we've talked about this before where i believe that for many of us we can go through life and we see things the way everybody else sees things and even the way that we look at those who are lost and hurting and those who are dying and those who, are, who are, are not believers, and we can look at them in such a way where it's very almost judgmental. And God is saying, I want you to have my eyes when you look at this world. I want you to see things the way I see them. I want you to see people the way that I see them. When we go and we spend time with those who are lost and those who are broken, we should be able to see them for who they actually are. Not somebody who is has, has, is experiencing homelessness or somebody who has, has mental issues right now or whatever. We should be able to see them the way God does as a child, as a son and a daughter of the Most High King who he loves and he wants to bring them home so that they can know him and they can experience him. But for many times, we don't look through the eyes of our heart. We look through our physical eyes and then we get lost. Growing in our relationship with the Holy Spirit is the foundation of seeking the deeper things of God. Learning to live in a place where we are constantly wanting to advance the kingdom is where God wants us. Just as Elisha asked God to open his servant's eyes, what if our prayer today was, Holy Spirit, will you open the eyes of my heart? Ask him to guide you into a deeper and more connected relationship with him. And choose today to pursue a life marked by deep connection with your heavenly father. I know that there are some that are in the room today and you are in the middle of it right now. You're like the servant that gets out of the tent and all he sees is no way to victory. You come out and you're like, there's not a chance we're surrounded it's over what, what will happen and tonight as we close this time together in just a few moments we're going to spend some more time in worship but I want to challenge you this evening that if that's how you feel tonight would you just come and, and spend a little bit of time at an altar and say God will you open the eyes of my heart so that I can see that there are more of you than there are of my enemy That you already have my enemies surrounded. That you have not forgotten me. And for some of you, the first part of what I talked about, it resonates with you. You know that you've compromised in so many areas. And you've let battles come into your life that you were never intended to fight. The good thing about God is he isn't going to leave you there. He is a God of grace and forgiveness. And so if that's you, if you're like, man, I've, I've made a mess, I've done stupid things and I've, I, I've not listened to what his word says and now I don't know what to do, can I tell you that your first step is a step here yeah. to say, God, I'm giving it to you. I'm gonna listen now, I'm gonna pay attention because God, I know that you're for me and you're not against me. I know that you have victory for me and I know you wanna do great things through me. And I'm sorry that I got distracted fighting a battle that you never intended me to fight. But now I'm back where you need me. I'm back where you need me to be. And inside of that, God, open the eyes of my heart. Help me to see what I need to see. Help me to see this world the way you see it. Man, we can get so lost in this idea that, that there's no way. Everything seems like it's crazy and it's crashing in. If you've got students in school right now, they're probably coming home and telling you stories about stuff that just is blowing your mind. And it feels like, boy, we're losing ground every day. Open the eyes of my heart. I mean to see that you are in control. god my hope is in you it's not in this world it's not in the government it's not even in this church it's not in the bald guy it's in him Amen. Amen. so god open the eyes of my heart so i can see it and help me to live that way yes. man i love this story it's such a great story Elisha just man he he's like yeah, it's fine it's all good <laughs> more of us than them Amen. and even that's not enough he's still like "Eh, let's make them blind that'd be cool <laughs> such a great story you need to read the rest of it because it's really cool what if the church lived like that yeah, come on. what if his people stopped letting the world dictate who's winning and losing And started trusting in the one who will always win. Changes everything. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes with me for the next few moments because I believe that there are some of you today and you are in the middle of a battle. It may be for your marriage. It may be for your children. It may be for your job. Whatever the battle that you find yourself in today I'm going to challenge you as we worship to just find some space and come and say, God, open my eyes. Open my eyes. Let me see the way you see. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to worship together. The altars will be open. This is a good opportunity to not worry about what anybody else thinks. And maybe you're here and you have been compromising in some areas. Then come and lay those down. Say, the compromise is over. God, meet me here. Help me to be who you're needing me to be. God, we're so grateful because you love us so much and you are victorious. You are a God who wins. So Father, I just pray right now as we have read this story and we've heard about Elisha and his servant and and God, it's so amazing how your word is so applicable to us today. So God, I just pray that in this last few moments together that we will just spend some time saying, God, show me. Show me where there's victory. Show me where I can, I can trust and know that you are with me and that you are outnumbering my enemy God, I just pray right now for those who are in the middle of battle right now, I pray, God, that you would overwhelm them tonight with your peace. That, God, they would, they would come and even though they don't feel peace right now, that, that as, they, as they come and they just pray and they trust you and they lay things down, that, God, your peace that surpasses our understanding would be fully at present in their lives tonight. God, there are those who right now are even arguing in their mind There's an argument going back and forth. And God, I just pray right now that they would set that aside and put their faith in you and put their trust in you. God, help your church to lean into you. Help your church to understand who you are and that you have nothing to worry about so we have nothing to worry about. God, we praise you tonight, and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand as we sing? The altars are open. Hey, thanks for listening. River of Life is a ministry in East Missoula, Montana.